Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force Podcast. I'm Doug Barry, along with my good friend, Father Richard Heilman, <laughs> and our good friend, Dan Schneider. Dr. Dr. Dan Schneider. Sorry, I got to get that right there. <laughs> yeah, give me give credit where credit's due. That's Come right. On. Exactly. Uh, it's time for Spiritual Crusade, so of course, we have to don the proper equipment <laughs> for this to take place. But everything oh begins with prayer, and so we turn this over to Father. <laughs> All right. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our, be our defense Archangel. against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Awesome. Thank you very much, Father, and thank you, everybody, for joining us in this unique opening of the U.S. Grace Force podcast. <laughs> I think I like it better with the mask on, Doug. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. What are you saying about that? <laughs> <laughs> you got a face made for radio, man. Come on. <laughs> I appreciate that, my friend. Thank you so much, Dan. It's always good to have you on. <laughs> yeah, <the program>. <laughs> Uh, no, it's good to be back uh, with you all out there, ladies and gentlemen. Once a week, we put this presentation out, this U.S. Grace Force podcast. I want to thank you all so much for your support as well, your prayers, your encouragement. And I just want to announce that this coming Friday, I'll be speaking in Father Holman's Parish up at Pine Bluff, Wisconsin, St. Mary's. And looking forward to that. So anybody who's going to, you know, the crowd is cheering like crazy. You can hear them right now. <laughs> so please, everybody, if you can come join us, it would be great to have you out there. Uh, but I want to thank all of you out there who support us, especially those who support us through your prayers. There are people who tell us that they keep us in their mass intentions, their rosaries, adoration, and that just means a lot. So much to us you can't, you can't imagine. And Father Hom and I were on the phone earlier today talking about how we get comments from people periodically, actually pretty regularly, emails, comments, of people who say that the Grace Force has really helped them get through difficult times, and we are very humbled by that, honestly, and we're so thankful that it's doing some good out there. We hope and pray that it does. We want to thank you again for your support and thank those of you who support us financially through the Patreon program. If you click the link in the description below, that's a tremendous way of helping us out. And again, in these times, it is time for a spiritual crusade and we do need to rally the troops. We need to unite. We need to know what really our marching orders are from God and how we can implement and cooperate that into our lives. How do we cooperate with the Holy Spirit and really make things happen? And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So if you're interested in supporting us through the Patreon program, again, click the link in the description below. That is a tremendous big help to us. And go out to our U.S. Grace Force gear page and get yourself a t-shirt, a hoodie, something out there. And that, that contribution actually helps support us financially as well. And we thank you for that very much too. Dan Schneider is with us. Dr. Dan Schneider. Always a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah always pleasure, Doug. You know, it's funny because Father and I, we, you know, we, we kick around ideas for guests. And, in, you know, Father, I, I like to ask Father, you know, what's on your heart this week? Father, what, you know, what are you praying about? What's what's going on? And and he's been talking about something pretty powerful he's going to get into and break down here. But your name comes up regularly, you know, just to get you on. And we thought, well, according to the contract, I think we signed with you. <laughs> yes. We need to have you on at least once a month. And we haven't had you on yet for, well, since right, you December. Gotta that, yeah, in exchange for that, you're going to be my image consultant. Yes, yes. And I'd like to design and fashion. I'd like to begin by encouraging one of these <laughs> when you're out and about traveling I around. I am all in. <laughs> I, I am all in. I'll get mine made at Kevlar. And there you, uh, there and, you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This really isn't going to stop any rounds, people. It's not going to do anything yeah, like that. It's, stop a, it's, it's stopping a hammer. A, the sword anyway yeah yeah you, you you'd hear it reverberate i wouldn't want to punch you would you have that on 
No, no, no. That would do damage to the hand. No doubt about that. Doug Doug opened with that on because I double dog dared him. (laughs) (laughs) I heard you go straight to the double dog dare. You didn't go to the triple dog dare because then then that would be such a breach of uh, etiquette. I'm not sure if we'd be shut down again. (laughs) So for those actually listening to this podcast audio, you're now, now you have to go out and check out the video of this on, on YouTube or Rumble and take a look at what we're talking about and we'll pull it out later uh, and show it again. So, yeah, we, you know, we wanted to have you on Dan in, in part because, you know, you're a combat vet, you have been out in the thick of battle. You're, uh, you know, you're a retired um, attack helicopter pilot, uh, cavalry scout, and you have been in, in moments of, uh, of that type of, uh, combat crisis type situation you understand and recognize these things and and we want to talk about a couple of things a lot of people and father and i talk about this a lot of people are getting that kind of gut feeling uh and then our audience right now listening or, or watching right now knows this you get that gut feeling that something is coming we're on the brink of something now what that means is unclear we don't know how god is going to unfold it but we have prophecies out there many prophecies such as the ones from akita japan you know, fire falling from the sky. And that particular prophecy, which came October 13th, 1973, was accompanied with words to the effect that cardinals would oppose cardinals, bishops oppose bishops. And all of that has been happening and is happening. That's happened off and on throughout the history of the church, sure. But there's something pretty serious going on right now with regards to the direction the church is going that's very concerning for a lot of people, for a lot of us. But there's also something else in the air, a gut feeling that a lot of people say they're getting. And this is coming from very spiritually minded people, people who are faithful to the church, like Father. And, you know, Father Heilman has said this too. He, he has a sense as well that there's just something out there. And it, it, when I mean something out there, this isn't to over-dramatize anything. We're not trying to be theatrical here, but we want a good, honest, sober conversation about the reality that we're living in some very, very strange, difficult times. A lot of things seem to be unfolding. This talk of World War III, Russia, Ukraine, China, Taiwan, all of this, the talk of collapsing the economy. And we've got a lot of this out there. And so, Dan, we wanted to bring you on and kind of unpack some of this uh, because you are our resident expert when it comes to these types of things. I, I appreciate that. Very, so I think. don't steer anybody I, I, I'm just wrong. wondering where the sarcasm ends in the uh, commentary <laughs> begins, but <laughs> uh, it's always great to be here. I mean, here's, what, here's the thing. Uh, just like Mordecai said to Esther, you were born for such a time as this. And regardless of what, you, you know, as the Lord himself said, the wars and rumors of wars, famines, and other things that you hear about, do not be, you know, in the world you have trouble, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. That doesn't know, that doesn't mean we're quietists. That doesn't mean we just sit back and say, the good Lord take care of everything. You know, if soldiers did that, um, you know, there wouldn't be any, there wouldn't be any victories in combat. So we have to continue the march. We have to Charlie Mike, you know, and so you, you, we have to do that as spiritual soldiers. And what does that look like for the modern battlefield, modern spiritual battlefield? I think father's onto something talking about a spiritual crusade. I was in uh, last summer, we were in Germany and I was training some teams over there, exorcist teams uh, in Germany that are doing our the Libra Cristo protocol. And uh, we did a little quick tour of the Cologne of the Cathedral of Cologne. It's unbelievable. I, I mean, I've been to Rome. I've been all over Italy and seen seen amazing churches. This one was unbelievable. Uh, survived two world wars. Um, it was it was I, I words can't describe it. it um, 
the, the, the piano in the background, they had a reliquary with, with relics from the three wise men uh, that was covered in gold, uh, relics from, from crusaders, relics from saints and popes, uh, from, from centuries, all the, the riches of the German uh, uh, Catholic past. And I, I was looking around saying, man, if there was a guy signing up for crusade, for crusaders, they would have had me at hello. You know, I would have I would have signed the dotted line right then. It was unbelievable to see the treasury of the Catholic faith, which is completely under attack. A, a French bishop recently said that we're, you know, the Fran you know, the Europe is post-Christian. It's, it's just one element of the history of your of Europe, um, which is completely false. It is Europe. Christianity is is coterminous with the west so how do we how do we engage in this I, i'm very intrigued by father's proposal yeah well what we're talking about too is uh yesterday on the feast of saint john bosco i picked that feast uh purposefully to launch information about this uh what i call a uh 90 days to liberty and uh i don't know about you guys and i do know about you guys i mean we're punch drunk by the oppression and the tyranny that's going on right now. And it's, it's just totally arrogant. I mean, and it feels like it's laughing at us, you know, this, and we're oh, here. We're going to, you're making Doug, you, you gave a wonderful list as, as you were opening right now of all the stuff that's going on right now. And yeah. it's just, it's, it's, it's historic. I keep saying it's, it's this level of oppression and tyranny uh, rivals many other ages right now. And evil uh, has a chance to persist as long as good people do nothing. Um, I, I wonder if we can, uh, what I want to do to frame this is uh, when I sent out an email yesterday uh, to everyone and I posted on social media, and if you're, you, you didn't get it, uh, enlist in the United States Grace Force and you can go to usgraceforce.com and see the button right there on the right-hand side of the, the, the lead page. A uh, place to just press and give your name and, and email, and you're in. But anyways, uh, in the in the context of the article, there was this video, and it was just a brief interview with Jim Caviezel. He's one of my heroes in our time because, I mean, he's he's swimming in, you know, this wokeness, and and yet he's willing to speak up and and risk, you know, his his uh, career to do it. And anyways, and he's come to the support of a lot of people that have uh, have spoken up too. Anyway. He gives this amazing uh, talk during this interview, and uh, I think it was Pete Hegseth on, on Fox News. But if we could play that right now real quick, it's just two, two minutes and 20 seconds, I think. One other topic you wanted to touch on was Ronald Reagan gave a speech, a time for choosing speech in 1964, and he said, you and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. What can Americans learn from Ronald Reagan, what are your what are your uh, thoughts on that at this moment in time? Yes, he's that's right. He said that, and he said now also he said now let's set the record straight. There's no argument over the choice between peace and war, but there's only one guaranteed way you can have peace, and you can have it in the next second. Surrender. Admittedly, there's a risk in any course we follow other than this, but every lesson in history tells us that the greater risk lies in appeasement. And this is a specter our well-meaning Christian liberal friends, our, our priests, bishops, and pastors refuse to face, that their policy of accommodation is appeasement. And it gives us no choice between peace and war, only between fight and surrender. If we continue to accommodate, continue to back and retreat, eventually we will have to face the final demand, the final ultimatum. And what then? 
When Satan has told the people of this world, he knows what our answer is going to be. He has told them that we're retreating under the pressure of his cold war, and someday when the time is right to deliver his final ultimatum, our surrender will be voluntary because you see by then we will have been so weakened from within, spiritually, morally, economically. He believes this because from our side he's heard voices pleading for peace at any price, or better read than dead, or as one commentator put it, he'd rather live on his knees than die in his feet. And therein lies the road to war. Because those voices don't speak for the rest of us. You and I know it and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Ridge have refused to fire the shot heard around the world? The martyrs of history were not fools and our beloved dead who gave their lives to stop the advance and the Nazis did not die in vain. Where then lies the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all, that you and I have the courage to tell our enemies there is a price we will not pay, there is a point beyond wow. which evil must yeah. not advance. In the words of Jim, Reagan, evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. So there you have it. And th this is really what 90 Days to Peace is all about. You know, there's a line that evil can't cross. And darn it, it has. And, and why? Because we're weak. And, and, uh, and you used a term there, Dan, post-Christian. I, I see that thrown around like, well, what are you going to do? Eh, it's post-Christian. You know, that's, that's the new era that we're like, we're just supposed to accept that. You know, that's post-Christian. You know, we used to be Christian, but now we're post-Christian. I, I, I can't accept that. And I won't accept that. The, the thing, Father, about being post-Christian, nature and supernature and preternature abhors of, 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 of void. And so right. being post-Christian means that we're, being, we're becoming neo-pagan again. Yeah. And so all, all of these false gods, remember Psalm 96.5, the, the gods of the Gentiles are demons, according to St. Jerome's translation in the Vulgate. The gods of the Gentiles are demons. Demons are very territorial. And so what we're seeing is, as Christianity is being dis is being removed and being post-Christian, the neo-pagans are moving in, and demons are trying to reclaim what was there before yes. they were displaced through right religion in the order and the hierarchy of the Catholic Church and the establishment of 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 yeah. The, and you know who's sounding the alarm? Faith, which is the Roman Catholic Church. You know who's sounding the alarm about what you're saying there too, and it's our Christian brother. Uh, Jonathan Kahn, he, he wrote a book recently called Return of the Gods, but it's basically Return of the Demons, the demons they were worshiping before Christ. And we, you know, we were basically free of them until, and he he points to the 60s, so do I, where they kind of emerged or, or they kind of found a, a crack in the door and started coming in. And, and here we are. Uh, and, and, and the, the frustrating thing about it is those who should lead the spiritual leaders are quiet and and many of them are becoming more quiet because in our era right now if you speak up against this oppression uh you're punished for it and and so the the, the fear of mongering that's going on right now dan you know uh, so we're going to start this february 27th it's going to pentecost so we're actually asking for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But uh, one of the key components of it is, and you mentioned Libra Cristo. Uh, I wrote um, I wrote this book right here, uh, the uh, 
90 days to peace. And it's based on the, 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 the uh, I'm sorry. It's, that's the name of the camp, the crusade we're doing peace through strength. Peace through strength is based on Reagan who said, um, we maintain the peace through our strength. Weakness only invites aggression, which is basically what you just did. And it's, this is based on Libra Cristo and also my studies too. I have a, um, uh, not a doctorate, but a, a licentiate in, in sacred theology that focused on the spiritual direction. Anyway, but um, the the idea is we it, one the stronger you are, the the harder time that the devil has to get in, and that's really the the basis of what Libra Christo is all about is to help people to get to that place of great strength. Um, yeah. Can you kind of help us understand uh, why that's important? Uh, no, why, it, why, and, yeah. and what kind of maybe break down what, what you found about, um, you know, that, that having that solid, uh, prayer life, spiritual life that, that keeps the devil at bay. Yeah, no, it's absolutely essential. My book will be coming out, uh, the Libra Crystal method coming out this summer. It's what we're using. Nice. The, the photo, the protocol with father Chad Ripperger. He wrote father, father Ripperger wrote the introduction to it and we're using it. We're already test testing in the field. We're getting a lot of positive feedback. We're getting quicker quicker uh, liberations um because peace through strength is critical father um you you have to understand that for number one the, the most catholics don't know how to pray they think watching a podcast is prayer this is not prayer if it comes down between watching one of our podcasts and praying pray first inform yourself through good podcast and in, in, in spiritual reading but you must learn how to pray so the, 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 what you're finding is from your book as well as 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 the Libra Cristo protocol, the first phase is just a strict return to a media fast and praying simple prayers, basic vocal prayer, and imp imposing order. Most people that come to us have no order in their lives. Right. Uh, they don't pray at all. The demon responds to the imposition of order as much as to pr the prayers themselves. Too often we think this could be let me this quick fix, this quick trick play, this. This one prayer, this one novena that's going to get me free. No, this is smash mouth Catholicism. This is grinded out of uh, prayer and, 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 and imposing order. And then identifying those areas in your life that are that you lack virtue, psychological areas of trauma and areas of defects in virtue. And, and the in virtue is is the word virtus we see the word veer it what it means to be man to be human is to be virtuous to be you know what did saint Irenaeus say that that um the vision of god is man fully alive right so what is man fully alive but man that is filled with holiness of thought word and deed and virtue and so it's julius caesar for example would say to men um, before going into a combat engaging the enemy he would say men be virtus that meant manly courage in battle, manly courage in battle. This is what, what Vertus meant in antiquity. St. Teresa of Avila, doctor of the church, she told her daughters in Spanish that she said, I want you to become barbada. That's the Spanish word for bearded. She said, I want you to be so manly. I don't want you to be effeminate right? Like a mouse walks in the room, you jump on the chair and squeal. I want you to be Barbada, like a soldier coming off of campaign. This is a doctor of the church talking to nuns. And I teach Carmelite nuns every Thursday. And these women, they're, they have the sweet little high voices and they chant and they giggle, but these are warriors. This is the SEAL Team 6. This is, this is the special ops of the Catholic church. And she says, I want you to be Barbada. I want you to be like men coming off of the crusades off of campaigns with beards down to here i want you to be so masculine 
manly, she says, not masculine, manly, that you frighten men. That in their, she says, in the pursuit of holiness. So we have to be rugged in our pursuit of yeah. holiness. This, this sugary Jesus, this, this, I'm going to pray and flowers flow out of my mouth, like <laughs> rose petals to God. Yeah. We're in battle. We're in combat. Right. We have to dig into the tools. We fight an ancient enemy. And I'm telling you right now that the ancient weapons are best. And so learning, learning how to fight like a, like a true Catholic soldier, a Catholic crusader is absolutely critical today. And we have the tools. We just need to learn how to use them. Right. Uh, so speaking of beards, um, are, are we saying that this isn't, this isn't quite enough then, Dan? Is this Okay. All right. I have to admit that I'm politically challenged. If I grow a beard, I look like either Amish or I look like Joe Dirt, okay? <laughs> so we're talking figurative here. But if I have to rock a beard, I would do it. I, well, I just haven't little. gotten on the beard bandwagon. Yeah, I, right, I right. haven't either. I have, I, uh, we're talking metaphorically here. Uh, you, can always, you can always compensate with a good old-fashioned Crusader's helmet. <laughs> we need to sell those on your, on your webpage. Crusader's yeah, helmets. I want one. I, I've seen those. Uh, uh, I've seen one. I'll send you a picture, Doug. There's one of a, of a bishop's actual crusader helmet for a bishop. Really? Imagine that. Imagine a bishop going on crusade. Uh, the, the Carmelites asked me, I'm a Benedictine oblate. Who is your favorite? Who is your favorite Benedictine saint? Hands down, St. Bernard. Hands down. Doctor of the church, doctor of Mary mediation, leads one of the crusades, right? Yep. Who preached and led the crusades. So we have to be warrior monks, warrior husbands, warrior mom, housewives, yes. warrior moms, warrior priests, that yep. interiorly we're rocking that beard. Interiorly, spiritually, yeah. we're rugged, that we can yeah. take a shot, that we can walk through the cold, right? We can walk through the dark, that we, that we own the night as the, 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 the Task Force 160, which flies the special ops. That's their motto. We own the night. You have to be able to walk in spiritual darkness and continue, continue the march to keep fighting. And how do we do that? You mentioned St. John Bosco's feast day uh, um, this week. Uh, um, J John Bosco had the vision of the two pillars. The Pope was, was flying, was, 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 uh, guarding a ship between two pillars in this vision of St. John Bosco. The Pope is, is the bark of Peter. The ship is the church. It's filled with cardinals and prelates. It's being bombarded by pirates. And what's being shot at it are books, all the false, the false truths, the lies that are out there. Hmm. And he's guiding it between two pillars, the larger pillar, which is the Eucharist, the shorter pillar, which is the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is the key. This is what St. Saint, 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 uh, Saint Bernard said, all things through Mary, mediatrics of all graces. Right. De Maria numquam satis. Concerning Mary, there is never enough. It is never sufficient for me to stop preaching and thinking and meditating and praying. This is Marian devotion and Eucharistic devotion and also a Eucharistic spirituality of sacrifice. Uh, the, the, the Eucharist should be the center of our lives. This is, this, this is what Our Lady has been calling us to for the last two centuries, making the Eucharist and the prayer, prayer, Eucharist and Eucharistic sacrifices center to our spiritual lives. These are the weapons that we need to put in our, in our Alice packs when we, when, we, when we march out on campaign. The yeah, church has the weapons. We just need to learn, know how to use them. Let me throw something serious out here. Um, how important is it that we, that we don't get too comfortable? And I'll... I'll, I'll point this out by saying one of my favorite quotes and I've, I've said this before different episodes and different talks 
comes from an old Genghis Khan movie where John Wayne played Genghis Khan. I think it's called The Conqueror. It's a terrible movie. I mean, some of it is just, you know, Genghis Khan played by John Wayne, Pilgrim. <laughs> um, but there's a line in there, a scene in there where they're about to overrun some village, some, some town, and the elder of the town, mayor, whatever, comes out and is trying to negotiate with them and talks about, well, why don't you bring your men in and they can sleep in the city and we can give them the whole wine women song, you know, try to just, you know, kind of calm them down and all. And someone in the scene on Genghis Khan's side, and I'm not... I'm not in any way, you know, applauding Genghis Khan. The guy was, you know, according to history, was a bit of a tyrant. But there's a line in there that says, no, the men will stay out here and they'll sleep on the ground where it's uncomfortable. The statement goes like this. If you become too comfortable, you get soft. If you get soft, you get weak. If you get weak, you can't fight. And if you can't fight, you will die. And that can be taken physically and spiritually. And yeah. we become very, very soft physically. We know this. Uh, we just, you look at pictures years ago and you saw people, you know, like the streets of New York city, 1915, there's an old video out there that was restored by some Swedish group. They found an old footage video of, uh, just old film, not video, but film. And they restored it and you see almost no one out of shape. Everybody at least looks lean, you know, enough. We've gotten to a point now where we have, you know, sleep number beds, you know, lazy boy recliners. You know, smart TVs, you can tell your TV what channel to change to. You can, you can, uh, you know, electric seats, heated seats in your car, heated steering wheel. Now, I'm not saying that those don't have their place for someone who's got some health issues, you know, arthritis, sciatica, whatever. Yeah, they can be helpful. But the average person is falling into this comfort zone, getting very soft. The idea of exercising 15 minutes a day breaks people in half, it seems like. Um, Dan, how important is it that physically and spiritually, we don't become so comfortable that we get soft, get soft, get weak, get weak, can't fight, can't fight, die. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're a body soul composite. Philosophically, it says that we are a hylomorphic being. It means the body and soul are together. This is part of the genius of the rule of St. Benedict. Hold on. I'm sorry. Can you, I want to get this on the screen. Can you spell out this hylomorphic? Hylomorphic. H Y L O M O R P H I C. Hylomorphic. That means we're a body-soul composite. The genius of Benedict, ora labora, pray and work. There's times to pray, and there's times to get up and work. Mm -hmm. And the and the and the physical work help in, helps integrate bodily the spiritual work, right? So so working with your hands is a good thing. Working around the house is a good thing. Exercise is a good thing. You can't just live up here in this, this existence up here. You have to keep working. Otherwise, this effeminacy, what, what Teresa talked about being Barbada, she said, I don't want you to be effeminate, effeminate. I'll give you another John Wayne movie. This is the homework for all the, all the guys and ladies out there listening. Here's your instructional video of the week besides this podcast. Go rent uh, uh, John, John Wayne's The Searchers. That's another great one. He comes back as a cavalry scout, huh? right? He's a cavalry scout, comes back from the Civil War, and his niece and his, his brother and their family has been killed by the Comanche, and his niece gets captured, and he goes after them. And he said one thing that the Comanche, that's what he calls it, it's one thing that the Comanche will never understand is a predator that will never get tired and never give up. They're used to outlasting anyone that would pursue them, and I will not stop pursuing them until I bring justice. So it's a great movie, and there's a lot of parallels for us. We have to do whatever it takes to get our children back, 
to get our spouses back, to get our marriage back in right order, to get our souls back into a state of grace. Pope Francis recently said, I, I, I sense that there's an, what did he call it? An elegant demon has entered into the Vatican, right? And there's a lot of speculation on what that is. My personal observation is it's a feminacy, right? You get, you get soft. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that we don't enjoy the good things of life. That what the devil wants us to do, more than he, if he can get us to think about him nonstop, he wins, right? He, he wins. He wants us to think about it all the time. What he hates to see is guys like Father, after a long day, go and have a cigar. Enjoy your life. Go, go and spend some time with your brothers, you know, brother priest. Go be with your parishioners. Doug, go be with your family. He, if, just being human. The devil doesn't want to see that. But we have to watch about the effeminate spirit. This effeminacy, right? That, that's, that's what I think uh, we have to be careful that has not in, entered into the church by way of culture. By way of culture. Yeah. What's the name of that movie again, John Wayne? The Searchers. The Searchers. Okay. Yeah. So, he puts together so, some guys and he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he just goes through all multiple seasons this isn't this isn't a short little thing yeah, this isn't a quick in and out he goes to the very end he will he's willing to go all the way and uh, and that's what he said that the normal predator enemy right of the cavalry is not used to that someone would turn them into prey and how do you do that in the spiritual realm how do you have the discipline to be able to get up and grind it out right do the spade work every day do the grunt work to grind out the spiritual life, and part of it is 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 learning to to be to 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 learn how to suffer and offer your suffering. This is one of my favorite verses of scripture, and I'll give it back to Father on the Crusade. See if it ties in. I urge you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, Romans twelve one, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Your spiritual worship. Do not conform yourself to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may discern the will of God. What is good and pleasing and perfect? Don't conform to this age. We got to be other. We got to be in the world, but not other world. We got to be other. And part of that is turning your home. I we I had a couple of monks staying with me uh, uh, for the last couple of days, passing through um, from our monastery, going away to the monastery, and they stayed with us. And one of them looked around, and his eyes were like, "Wow!" He said, "This is the most Catholic home." I've ever seen. Yeah. We got crucifixes. We got images of the saints. We got it all we, here. We got it all. We got it all because we, because we need to make our homes a Catholic homes. You got Cocopelli yeah. on your wall. That's, that's the native American God of date rape. Take it down and put it in the trash. Put an image of the blessed mother on your wall. Yeah. Put a crucifix on the wall. Get rid of this. Uh, get rid of the things of this world and fully embrace your Catholic faith. This is this is this is basic boot training to get ready to go on campaign. Um, everybody wants to be SEAL Team Six. Oh man, I could have been a veteran. I could have been in combat. I would have been SEAL Team Six. You got to be a basic soldier first, and part of that is praying, spending time in prayer. Another doctor of the church, Catherine of Siena. Everybody, should, this is a doctor of the church. Everybody should pray for at least thirty minutes a day. Everybody. Unless you're busy, she says, and then you should pray for an hour, right? I, this uh, is what we need. This is a call to prayer, Father. You're calling people to a crusade. Yep. It's a call to return to prayer. And how do we do that as Roman Catholics? Yeah, and and we're uh, looking seriously at what serious prayer is all about. You know what? I, I was thinking as I was listening to you that this weekend was really cool. We had a high school retreat here at my parish. And uh, one of the nights I was with them that uh, 
my youth director had this guy come and speak and I'm going, oh, okay, well, this will be nice. Now this guy was an Iraq war veteran. Okay. He, <laughs> All right. And, and yeah. And he was a drill sergeant in the Marines. <laughs> so he asked for three volunteers and the guys went, okay. And they asked him to stand up and he, and he told, told the rest of the, the, the group. Now, when I bark a command, you know, you say, sir, yes, sir. And, and I want to hear it nice and loud. So we were doing that and it was, and he had to do push-ups and he had to do leg lifts and all, all this stuff. And, um, and, it, but he was down right into their, like this far from their face yelling at him, you know, <laughs> now was he mean? Uh, well, that doesn't sound very pastoral. Yeah, it doesn't sound pastoral to me. You know? It's a manner and it's a manner and tone issue. Yeah, yeah. But that sounds like a microaggression, uh, Father. <laughs> I, I think you might want to check your privilege. You might want you might want to walk for that that microaggression. Yeah, yeah. And don't be it, mans don't be mans mansplaining me anything either, Father. I know, look, I know. I'm it was gobbing a loogie at all of that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> because what was what was the point though? And he was just saying that you know we're called to be to be to as you say we're called to be warriors. And we got to get tough. And that, that means, and here's the key word you, you used many times is discipline, right? Discipline. And that's what they're taught. Uh, the other thing I like when you, when you talk about boot camps and uh, uh, is that one of the things, first things they do is they shave everybody's head and oh, then yeah. they put on the same uniform. So you look exactly alike. So you don't stand out. In other words, we're in this together. We're a unit. We're there for each other, Right. And that's really what this um, crusade is all about, too. We're going to get strong. We're going to take our prayer seriously, okay? We're not going to just, you know, throw up a quick prayer and, and go off to the, you know, the quick trip or the, you know, McDonald's or something. No, I mean, we're taking this seriously, and we're looking seriously at what, what, what uh, throughout salvation history has gotten God's attention. And there, there's so many stories you can tell, but the one that I always think of is Nineveh, you know, where Jonah said, hey, <laughs> you better t turn or, you know, it's it's coming, right? And I feel we're in that place right now. We're, we're how, how bad can we get? I mean, I think we're 100 times worse, worse than Sodom and Gomorrah right now. And and at what point are we going to turn? And, and and so what did they do though? The Ninevites took it seriously. I mean, they put on sackcloth and ashes and they basically bed, but they fasted and they prayed. And God, who I see sometimes like that drill sergeant, right? Where he's he's that's I call him a perfect dad. And good dads will draw the best out of you, right? And 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 will compel you to become the best version of yourself that you can be. And that's what that drill sergeant was for those men. And that's what God is for us. But but that's what the day crusade is all about. We want people in, but we want to take prayer seriously. And also, and here's the key, fasting or a broader word is mortification. We want to do mortification during this time, like Nineveh, right? We want we want to more in mortification morti is die. We're dying to ourselves. See the T-shirt I have on. He must increase, I must decrease. Right? He must increase, I must decrease. That's my my buddy. I share his birthday, John the Baptist. But we're trying to get God in us and to just be overflowing with the power <clears throat> of the Holy Spirit. But you can't do that 
if your house is filled with garbage, right? You, you got you to gotta clean the house in order to make room for what God wants to give you. So yeah. here we are, here we are in uh, February 27th until May 28th, which is Pentecost. Please, 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 everyone plan to be a part of this. And you do that just by joining the Grace Force. But Dan, uh, what about that? What, what, what can you say about this drill sergeant in the face of these young men? What, what do you feel the point he was trying to get across? Well, I think, I think again, he was trying to knock out some of the effeminacy of, right. of, of that, right? And, and, and the, there's, a, there's, there's a reason that, that we refer to millennials as snowflakes. Yep. You know, they're beautiful and crystal, but a little bit of heat and they melt. Right. Yep. And so you've got to learn how to take a punch. You know, this is Jake LaMotta. Remember the raging bull, Jake LaMotta. He goes against Sugar Ray Robinson and there's the scene and Robinson just cuts him up. Right. And he's standing there and the bell, last bell rings and his face is all swollen. And, and, and LaMotta says, you couldn't knock me down, Ray. I'm still standing, Ray. I'm still standing here, Ray. You couldn't knock me down. I mean, that's the attitude you got to say. I don't know how I'm going to win, but I know I'm not going to lose. That's what a soldier says. That's what a Marine says. You just have to keep pushing forward. And part of that is, again, what, how do we translate that into spirituality? Let's look to the treasure house of the church. In my first draft, Father Ripperger, I used the word surrender. And he, and he, he said, Dan, you know, in tradition, it's, it's not surrender, it's conformity. So I thought about it. And then uh, I picked up a copy of Blessed Claude de Colombier's Surrender, Trustful Surrender to Divine Providence. And the whole book is about conforming your will. The Blessed Mother didn't surrender to the will of God. Surrender, you could surrender to the drill sergeant and do what he asked you and do push-ups. And you can, you can grit your teeth and, and you could hate his guts the entire time and do it out of surrender. But you can conform like the Blessed Mother. That means, and, and this is Blessed Conde Conde, a great little book to, be, to, read, to, to read, especially coming on Lent. Conforming means trustful conformity to everything that everything that happens to you is directed your way by divine providence and even the littlest things are avenues of grace not just for your own purification and mortification of your will and surrender and and complete conformity because god wants it but also that this now becomes something to apply to others the the corollary to that was probably a contemporary i had to think about it but therese of Lisieux, how can a girl 15-year-old enters into Carmel. She lived a very kept life, homeschooled, never went out, enters into Carmel. She lives there seven years or so, unknown to anybody, and, except for a few sisters. And she, she has a, a program called a, The Little Way, The Little Way of Perfection. And this girl who dies at age 22, who lived only a handful of years, never in the world, is co-patroness with Francis de Sales, co-patroness of foreign missions. Her spirituality is a time bomb for today. How to offer up every single little thing. These, every little thing that happens, every little inconvenience happens to us uh, as an opportunity to pour grace for our own forgiveness and atonement for our own sins, but also in reparation for the sins against God, the, all the blasphemies and sacrileges committed against the, the Holy Eucharist, the, the, the blasphemies against the Blessed Mother, offering up all these little things. There's a reason. Not only co-patroness, she's a doctor of the church. And we, we like to reduce it to this sugary Jesus, and I'm just a sweet little plaything, and I'm a ball in the hands of Jesus. This was a warrior. If you could put on 
NVGs, night vision goggles that looked into the cosmos, you would see a bearded warrior when you look at Teresa Lisieux. So we need to follow this. This is the treasure house of the church that we've just jettisoned in the modern period. We need to go back to, to the saints, back to the liturgical and spiritual treasures of Roman Catholicism. Yeah, I'd like to emphasize one thing that you mentioned when you were talking about that John Wayne movie, The Searchers, is that term outlast, that we yeah. will outlast the enemy. I know that, the, I mean, the enemy is relentless, and but we've been given we've been given the grace of God, and his grace is sufficient, and we have the Blessed Mother, and she's the one that crushes the head of the serpent. Uniting with them by our free will cooperating with them would give us that that ability to outlast and you know i mean dan that's just that's a that's a theme we could probably make that a subtitle the title of this show is is you know outlast the enemy is have that attitude but i noticed one thing that you've talked about and, and father you mentioned this when you're talking about nineveh and how they put on sackcloth and ash and all and in fact if we're going from the idea of just sacrifice to you know, really what mortification is and in all these situations, you've got to be willing to be uncomfortable. Dan, talk about that, that statement that comes from, I don't know if it's the Seals or the Berets or somebody, Green Berets or somebody, you know, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I know that's one of those phrases that's thrown around out there. Yeah. Yeah. But one of my good buddies sent me a, a meme and it said, there's cold and then there's army cold. And it just shows a guy in a foxhole covered in snow, you know, and, and, and just freezing. And, we, and if, you've, if you've been in the military, you've experienced this. I mean, bone chilling cold, you just have you just have to endure it. You know, we would say in the military imported from the Marines and picked up later. Welcome to the suck. They call downrange when you're in the combat zone. They call it the suck. And, and, and the corollary is you have to embrace the suck, meaning if you sit around and complain how cold it is, you complain how lousy the chow is. If you complain that, man, I got man, I got three, six more months before I can even get an r and R. I I got nine months before I'm even going to get home again. And if you complain, the more you complain, the more you're going to have to complain about. The soldiers learn that you got to grind it out. You just embrace the suck. You got to, you got to have, you got to embrace it and go with it because it's not going to get any better. You might as well just dig down and go with it and stop complaining. We would always say complaining is okay. Whining is not. So no whining. You can complain. You can you can say, man, man, we're getting our butts kicked. You know, you, Father Father Ripperger said it when he spoke at your parish. He said, Father asked me to speak on the the state of the church, and he said, it's bad, right? It's bad, right? And they're not <laughs> going to blow sunshine up anybody's skirts here. Right. The state of the church, state of the world, is bad. That doesn't mean I'm going anywhere. You know, I'm not. Right. We're going to guys like us. We're going to overlap our shields. We're just going to keep going until the Lord calls us home. Until we got breath. We're going to keep proclaiming the gospel each in our own way. This is what we're talking about. Just enduring. This is part of being a soldier is, endur is enduring. It isn't having the cool gear and the patches, you know, and uh, it's enduring through the hardship. It makes it worth it. You know, another thing that the Rangers say, no matter how bad it is happening at this moment, remember, you know, uh, the infill is going to be great. After we get out of here, the stories we're going to tell are going to be fantastic. You know, just get through this. Get through this. Uh, uh, the drill sergeant was here, used that term, embrace the sock, you know. Yeah, exactly. But again, what he was doing was trying to, you're right, um, our, the culture is, is uh, conditioning us to be effeminate. And to be soft and, and to take the easy way. And, of course, I always think of, uh, you know, when is it time to speak up? When is it time, like uh, Jim Caviezel said, this is, this is a line too far. You know, that there's a, this is a place where you can no longer go. What is that place? And, yeah. and, and it's, it's 
there's not going to be a line when we're soft because we're going to just retreat. We're just going to surrender. We're just going to, you know, you can have peace right now. Just surrender, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, that's really what's going on right now. We need to pray, pray for ourselves. Yes. That we have give the courage to stand up against these oppressors, but we need our leaders uh, to find courage once again uh, and, and to, to um, dispense of this effeminacy that has laid hold of us and, and, and uh, you know, just made us, well, like the first apostles in the garden, you know, they just took off running, you know, it wasn't until they got the power of the Holy Spirit, that's where we're going to Pentecost, that they went out and they said, okay, you persecute us, you you kill us, whatever you want, but we're going out, right? Remember, and then the same guys that were that were cowards, right, in, in, the, fa in the face of suffering, right? suddenly, not long later, and it said, and, the, this, and they took them in, in Acts of the Apostles, and they were flogged. Yeah. And the disciple and the apostles rejoiced yes. that they were deemed worthy to suffer for the name. Yes. Right? So, yeah. so we can't take a little minor inconvenience. You yeah, know, that, little things. This is the this is this is the bomb.com. This is this is how we do spiritual combat, offering everything up. And here's the life, Father. You said it, you've heard it, and I've heard it. We've all heard it. If you're in it all active in the apostolate, whether 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 uh, working in, in, in ministry as you or an apostle as me as a layman supporting good priest, here's the lie. If you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. That's what the devil's going to tell you. Don't go any further. Don't start reading the Bible. Don't start praying for your kids. Don't get act, give act, get active in the pro-life movement. Don't ask Father if he needs any help uh, uh, and a prayer team. Don't you know? Leave me alone. I'll leave. That's a lie. He's not going anywhere, right? Uh, I think it was Pope Benedict said that if you, or maybe it was John Paul, if, the, if you if ever get devil ever got an award, uh, it would be an award for patient for patience. He's going to be patient, right? You have to outlast. You have to outlast, like like John Wayne, the searchers, right? You got to you got to be that cab scout that come hell or high water, rain, snow, you're going to outlast him. You're going to you're going to you're going to keep you're going to keep moving forward. I think I've told this mentioned this before. I had a, a a Green Beret buddy who who had a Marine friend that was going through the the Q course, the Special Forces course. And the Marine kept asking him questions like, hey, man, how do you get through this phase? How do you get through that phase? And, and so my buddy finally gets up, gets mad and says, look, man, let me tell you how to make it through the qualifying course for the special forces. Keep your head down, keep your mouth shut and keep walking. And, yep. and whatever your vocation is, parish priest, uh, uh, married guy, uh, EWTN personality, uh, Doug Barry, either way, your vocation is how you chose to militate for God, keep your head down, keep your mouth shut, and keep walking. At the beginning of the rule of St. Benedict, what does it say? The very first word is, ob ire, be obedient, listen to the, to the instructions of your master. This is the way that you have chosen to militare, to militate, to do battle. You have chosen to come into this vocation to do battle. The same thing with you married guys. We chose to do battle in this vocation, Father, you chose to do battle as a Catholic priest, as a diocesan. How do you do that? By by listening, by obeying, by by grinding it out. What do you say to people? I mean, because honestly, we there's there's really not a lot of um, secret sauce to any of this. There's no secret recipe. Uh, it, it it's it's the same thing ultimately over and over for over two thousand years. Same old shoot 'em up. 
It's the same old shoot em up. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Same old shoot em up. Yeah. And, you know, and I heard a, a sheriff talking about this in a, in a news clip just earlier today about the political correctness that people have thrown out with regards to even self-defense scenarios, Second Amendment and so forth in today's world. And because there's a lot of attack here and there against the Second Amendment and this back and forth. Um, and he says, look, there's nothing political in a gunfight. OK, there, there's no politics in a gunfight. He said, you know, when you got a bad guy and, and, and against a good guy and the good guys trying to defend what's what's good and what's innocent, you know, family themselves, what have you. There's nothing political. You're not thinking political correctness at a moment like this. When it comes to the spiritual gunfight, if you want to call it that, um, there's no, um, uh, you know, nuance of, of negotiations and so forth. Is there? I mean, wh what do you what do you what do you boil it down to? It's not yeah. a. Well, it's a new time. Therefore, it's a new type of spiritual warfare. That doesn't mean that, you know, new methods we, might not be being employed because of the yeah. advancement of society and such. But in general, doesn't it still boil down to the simple statement? Look, there's nothing political or nothing really to negotiate here. This spiritual gunfight, to call it this, this spiritual combat is still is still this age old sort of idea. Is, is that accurate? Yeah, no, we fight again. We fight an ancient enemy. The battle's the same. The weapons might change. In the physical combat, the principles are the same. Instead of slingers, you got artillery, right? Instead of tanks, you got heavy infantry. Instead of horses, you got helicopters. So in the cavalry. So the battle, the the, the tools of weapons of war, the the the, the nuances, uh, you know, how we engage it is are the same. Maybe the weapons have changed a little bit, but the ancient enemy and the tactics and the strategies are the same. And, and a lot of guys, if you say, hey, um, hey, brother, would uh, what would you do if, if some guy starts breaking into your house and, and, and wants to do very bad things to your family, to your wife, to your children? What would you do? Would I take him down? Yeah, you do whatever it takes to take him down. Okay, wife, let's say you, your husband's not home and somebody, some bad guy comes in and wants to come in and do some bad things to your children what are you going to do i'm going to go mama bear and i'm going to snatch that guy ball-headed right we'll do that in the physical realm but in the spiritual realm we'll let anything go we'll we'll, we'll let any kind of garbage books our kids can read we'll let any kind of garbage movies into the house right we don't want to rock the boat we'll let the enemy of souls into our home when we should be snatching him ball-headed and getting him out of our house how do you do that as a catholic that's the question you have that same interior disposition of a warrior, still patient, charitable, loving, joyful. But when you see, when you see the enemy attacking your family, you need to, you need to step up and defend it spiritually, just as that's, you would in the physical realm. That's exactly how I feel. And I think all three of us do. And, but they're attacking our family right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and, you know, that, that just means that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Of course I'm father, you know, I'm, I'm the dad, uh, but, but we are brothers and sisters in Christ, or we're not, you know, but, but do we really care uh, about souls? And, and, uh, and they are under, uh, like say, we're punch drunk about uh, the, the, the uh, gross infiltration of, of oppression right now and the indoctrination into this, you know, changing our minds, you know, do, uh, establishing new normals and, and uh, you know, disposing of what scripture and tradition is always taught and bringing in something and all this is getting into people's heads and and um we're, we're just saying no 
No, I care about that soul. I don't want to see that soul de- uh, depressed. Uh, it's it, um, just historic proportions right now, depression, suicide, broken homes and marriages. And, uh, and can we just sit by and do nothing? You know, and that's why too, um, a prayer is, is something, the, the kind of prayer that we're going to do for these 90 days is what, is what I call serious prayer. And, and that's what historically has gotten God's attention. Okay. I'm hearing you now, uh, you're doing serious prayer, but the other thing that it's going to be doing over this 90 day, 90 days is, is quick in our heart. And so that from this point on, you know, we are, we're the mama bears or we're papa bears. We're, we're, we're there. And we, we, it, it matters, you know, whatever you do, the least among us, you do unto me, we, it matters that these people are being pulverized, you know, um, and we want to do something about that. So that's really what we're doing for this 90 days. Prayer and mortification are the two main things. Mortify again, uh, he must increase, I must decrease, you know, uh, uh, die to self, I must decrease, um, I, I need more God in me. Um, and this is a, this is also like you, like you've been talking about too, Dan, with Libra Cristo. This is the way that the enemy is pushed out and God is brought in because yeah, we, you got to get separation. Get you yeah. got to get separation yes. from the world. Yes, know? the detachment. We're so attached. I'll, I'll, I know, I know for a fact that there'll be people listening right now, or they'll get the email or whatever, and they'll be so attached to their comforts or whatever else they have. And their idea of, you know, soft living that, no, that's not for me. That's stuff for someone else. And for whatever reason they conjure up in their mind, we're so attached to the world. And it's just, it's, it's leading us. The world is leading us instead of God. So I, you know, I, I do appreciate everything that you're doing and this book that's coming out this summer. I can't wait for that. But, but again, what it's doing is getting people detached from the world and, and the hold that it has on it and especially the oppressors and letting them be free liberated right letting them be free to live life to the fullest you know what what happens can you tell us uh dan you've seen people that this has happened to where you know they're, they're just so uh chained by uh, the world and their wants and everything else, but then they're set free. What's that like? Can you describe oh, it? It's, it's, it's indescribable. Um, when someone is liberated, yeah. um, it, it's indescribable. They're, they're a different person. I mean, they're themselves. I mean, they're freed. It's I the, bet you the corners of their mouth are turned up, oh, right? I mean, it, it, life is back. Yep. It's, again, the vision of God is man fully alive. St. Irenaeus, second century, yeah. second century. The vision of God is man fully alive. Fully alive. Yeah, I have a good a good friend who's a priest. Again, just a warrior. Life is priest. worth living. Fulton Sheen's show. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So I have a good friend and uh, 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 just a good old fashioned parish priest, right? Father Hua, he's a good old fashioned Midwest parish priest, and 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 he's and he's doing small little deliverance prayers in the confessional, right? He's a priest. He he has every right, power, and authority and obligation to do that. So he he told me not long ago. He he, he said, yeah, there was a guy and I and and. And he said, I just prayed a small little prayer for him quietly. He said, I just prayed quietly. And, and all of a sudden, I hear on the other side of the screen, this like this rumble, this rumble. 
And the guy, and he said, I didn't know who the guy is, you know, it's a lion. I don't know who these people are. I'm just here to confession and doing my work, you know? And he says, the guy starts screaming, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He starts screaming, father, thank you. And thank you, Jesus. You know, and he runs out of there and he (laughs) runs into the street, you know? I mean, that's a dramatic, some people are a little more quiet about it, but the encounters with Christ and being liberated from evil, these are thank you, Jesus moments, right? Yep. And they're happening. They're happening. We need to, we need to be, be faithful to be there and do what we can, however God calls us to be, whether that's that's working like, like we do or you do, Father, or Doug in evangelization, or if you're, you're called like Project Veritas to be out there exposing the works of darkness, if you're doing work in, in the political pro-life realm, protesting in front of abortion clinics, prayerfully praying, whatever, whatever the Lord calls you to do, Try to get as many thank you Jesuses as you can get out of the world. Nice. Try to deliberate as many people as you possibly can. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, Dan, um, what type of recipe would you give the average Catholic? Like, I know with your book coming out. And we'll, we'll see. We'll look at the calendar and see if it's possible to get you scheduled on, on the podcast again sometime when your book comes out. I don't know. We're pretty tight with our schedule and can. <laughs> trying to get you worked in is a, is difficult you know work me in i know and i and they got to get me uh, you know way in advance <laughs> way in advance yeah at least Look, a if few you hours. called and said dan i need you to drive over pick me up type text i know it's 15 hours from you but i need a, <laughs> i get in my truck man i'm there yeah okay well we'll factor yeah, in right. the uh, the time frame there uh, but if you it, like based on your book and based on your experience, give a basic sort of, you know, entry level boot camp, you know, let's wake up that that something in the heart. Let's get a little discomfort going in our day to day life, you know, be comfortable with uh, being uncomfortable so you can get stronger. What sort of little simple to the point recipe would you give people? Well, first of all, beginning with understanding that freedom from always means freedom for. So we're not just trying to get folks liberated so that they're no they're demon free. They no longer suffer. They no longer have have to bear this cross, whatever it is. It's being freedom for union with God. And so, so many other people working in the exorcism uh, and, and deliverance area focuses so much on the demon. For us, the demon is tertiary. Don't worry about what the demon's doing. Our number one number one focus is Jesus Christ. Number one is Christ. We got to stay focused. Our eyes fixed on the prize, which is Jesus Christ and union with him. Number two, what are the obstacles that are blocking me from growing deeper in my relationship with Christ? What are they psychologically? What am I, what kind of garbage am I holding up here that's given the enemy fodder to use against me? What unforgiveness do I have, right? What, what defects, what habits, what are the little sins that are big deals that are often overlooked. What are, what are, how do I reorient my life to Christ by removing the obstacles so that grace can flow? How does grace flow into the world? Through the sacraments. That's the primary way. That's the, the ordinary way in, 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 in the Catholic tradition through the sacraments. How do I get sacramental grace flowing into my marriage? How do I get it flowing into my soul? Confession, the Holy Eucharist, right? Prayer together as a spouse. So, and then start to pray, learn how to pray. And not just vocal prayers, those are important, but also meditative prayer. When the Blessed Mother said to Dominic, I'm, do you know what I'm giving you, right? When she gave the rosary to St. Dominic, she says, do you know what I'm giving you? I'm not giving, I'm giving you a sash to adorn me with, a soft scarf. I'm giving you some cool 
leather driving gloves. No, she said, I am giving you a weapon for combat. And that weapon I'm giving you, she said, do you know what kind of weapon this is? This is a battering ram. So learning how to use meditative mm. prayer, how to use the rosary, Lexio Divina, going back to the scripture, reading the scriptures and tapping into the prayer life of the church, the liturgical life of the church, the scriptures and, and, and devotion to the Blessed Mother. It all starts with a conversion, with a turn, turn away from the world and towards God. That's what we're doing starting yeah. February 27th in a huge way, in a very serious way. Dan, thanks for coming on. This has been great. Uh, everybody, please, 90 Days to Liberty. You can find out more information on usgraceforce.com. And uh, I'll be putting more information out as the days uh, get closer here to February 27th. If you're yeah. uh, on the email list, which basically means you're enlisted in the United States Grace Force. Again, you can you enlist there at usgraceforce.com. So what you're saying, Father, you've got a lot of people on, on, the, on the inactive reserve list <laughs> on your email list. They're inactive yeah. reserves, and you're calling yeah. them up. Yeah. We're going to up. call them up, and we're going to we're going to we're going to equip yeah. them. Yeah. You're going to put a shield in one hand. You're going to put a sword in the other. You're going to overlap shields, and you're calling together an army of God. Yep, you're calling a new yeah. crusade. A and there's crusade. there's seventy five thousand or more uh, that are enlisted in the United States Grace Force. I think we're bigger than the Coast Guard, but anyways, yeah. But uh, uh, I think you and, are. Yeah, yeah. So, but that's a mighty force, and and. Uh, uh, just like a whole town of Nineveh or all, all the other experiences, uh, it, it matters. A unified this is force. a recall, Father. If you're young or if you're inactive, you're getting called back up. If you're exactly. old, if you're retired, you just got rifted. Exactly. You're going back in. You're going I'm sorry. Just did a quick search. As of December 2021, U.S. Coast Guard's authorized force strength is 44,500. All right. We're smashing them. <laughs> that's, that's active duty, 7,000 reservists. Yeah. All right, we need to get all of our reservists on active duty. We need to call up. And we said yeah. in the army, Joe Sargent comes into the barracks. He says, Lottie, Dottie, everybody. That's what we need the U.S. Grace Force to get them into battle. Lottie, Dottie, everybody. <laughs> I mean, that means every single person. That's it. You're gearing up and you're going in. That's so right. all these inactive reservists in the U.S. Grace Force, we're calling you up. We're just, yeah. we're, call, we're calling you back to active duty. Good job, Father. That's I Monday. Yeah, good. Thanks. It's Monday after Ash Wednesday, so uh, that that equals ninety days to Pentecost, and I think it's perfect too because you know right after the Sunday and and so anyways. So thanks again, Doctor Dan Schneider. Dan. This is always you, great. Father. Yeah, and uh, thanks, Doug. And so let's end with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Dan, thank thanks, you, brother. Everybody. Good to have you on again. Always thank you.